This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. We got plenty of highlights coming your way from a historic win for Jose Fernandez and the women's basketball team. And I'll go ahead and just right from the start, admit, and you know, when you're eager to admit when you messed up, I didn't mess up any of the play-by-play on Saturday, but I got caught up a little bit in the actual action. You'll understand why when you hear it, it was a close win that, of course, I knew it was Jose Fernandez taking over from Gino Ariama as the all-time leader as far as wins in the conference. But I didn't mention it after the game. That's how engrossing the actual game was and how dramatic it was at the end. So the final call of the game, which should include the grand, and Jose Fernandez takes over the all-time. Nope, not going to hear it because that's how in doubt the contest was. If the Bulls had one by 10 or 15 or 20, of course, I would have had it all queued up. But uh, the game was kind of in doubt, and you'll get the highlights, and I'm sure we'll have a chance to mention it to Jose here over the course of the bye week. Yeah, it's a bye week for the Bulls, and because of their win, they have a decent chance of clinching the regular season championship in the American Athletic Conference for the second time in the last three years pretty quickly. They won't do it during the bye week, but maybe, let's say, if not in their next game, the one after that, which happens to be in Orlando, will set up the entire scene for you and, again, replay the dramatic highlights. Hey, what a weekend in the Boston area for track and field. As a lot of school records, some that were sitting for more than 20 years, fell courtesy of the track and field squad of Eric Jenkins. We'll give you plenty of those highlights, not audio highlights, but who did what and how well in our second segment. We'll also recap the tennis weekend, a win for the women, two defeats on the road for the men. And then guess what? Golf season begins today as far as the spring schedule goes with the women teeing it up in Boca Raton. We'll continue our softball and baseball interviews on tomorrow's show. We'll give you the rest of the softball ones that we haven't aired yet. A trio of individuals who are going to be vying for time in the circle. It looks like the Bulls are going to go with a committee approach this year and some valued members of that committee, at least they appear to be Lexi Kopko, Lehigh transfer Gabby Nori, along with a young lefty who was injured her freshman season, Peyton Dixon. You'll hear from them tomorrow. We'll continue with the baseball interviews as well. Had a little bit of a cold this weekend, nothing serious. Thought about not doing the show today, but definitely had too much to give you, so let's give it to you right now. I'll shut up and start playing some highlights. In fact, the Bulls go to SMU. The Mustangs were undefeated at home. Hadn't really had too many close calls at home, but this was definitely a close call. Their most recent game, they went to Tulsa and were down 16-2, to and their head coach, Toyel Wilson, basically benched her top two players, at least her top two post players, and was just trying to get anything going. And the crux of the matter was they got their defense going, and the Bulls saw firsthand that SMU, even though they don't full-court pressure you like a lot of the teams that the Bulls have played do, they were definitely physical, and they prevented the Bulls from getting many good looks from three-point land. So you knew that Sammy Puises was not going to have as big of a day. The Bulls had a bad first quarter. Dulce Fankamengiadu hit three field goals, scored six points. No one else hit a field goal. That's right. The Bulls in the first quarter were three for 12, 0 for 2 on threes, turned the ball over six times, and trailed 18 to 8. Shantae Embry, the Texas Tech transfer, hit a three, which was rare for her. Reagan Bradley, who's not their best shooter, but a 
veteran guard. She nailed a three. It was that kind of start. It did not feel like a good scenario if you were the Bulls. So here comes the spark plug, and I think Marina Asensio, the freshman point guard from Spain, will not be the freshman of the week simply because her stats from the first game weren't spectacular, but what she did in its own way against East Carolina was semi-spectacular because she basically relieved Ariel Wilson, who's not gotten much relief this year as the starting point guard for the Bulls. Asensio had only played more than 10 minutes sparingly, a few games, some recently starting to become a little bit more comfortable, which is understandable. She's hit a three-pointer in three of her last five games, which is notable because she had only hit one prior to that. So against East Carolina, she comes on and essentially played the last quarter and a half and did not turn the ball over against a defense that is second in the country in forcing turnovers. That was fantastic. She only scored three points, though, while grabbing four rebounds and dishing out two assists. So again, not spectacular numbers, but the no turnovers and the valuable minutes she provided were pretty big. Well, in this game, even bigger. She played her second most minutes of the season since the blowout loss to Villanova, where, frankly, Jose Fernandez was giving Ariel Wilson, because they were down big in that game, sort of an early break on the back end of a three-days, three-game situation. So this was really her most substantial performance. 21 minutes and 40 seconds, 4 of 7 from the floor, a career high in points with 9, 5 assists, and oh yeah, part of a second-quarter effort that saw the Bulls come back from down 21-8 to tie it at halftime, and the team, with Asensio playing the entire quarter at point guard, no turnovers. You're going to hear highlights. You'll hear the USF contingent, which was big, cheering in the background. And at the end of this second quarter highlight reel, you'll hear what assistant coach Alicia Jackson told me coming off the court specifically about Marina Asensio. There's more drama to come, but I thought the second quarter was everything as far as the Bulls' ability to get back in this game. And Oh yeah, free throws were pretty important as well. Eight on the shot clock. Bulls playing some much sterner defense. Brown fakes the three, tries to dump it inside. Knocked out by Brito. Now Bradley's going to have to put up a three. Looks good, and it is. Reagan Bradley, that's just how it's going right now for the other team. As the Bulls look to a force to turn over, and instead, Reagan Bradley, an okay three-point shooter, not really known for her shooting, makes her second three. Now the lane opens up for Chinecki, and she will get fouled and head to the free throw line. 21 to eight, flips it to L. Wanted a pull, but they are out in her face. Now she bounces it to Dulce. If she can handle it, she should have a good look, and she does, and she does. Lays it up and in, it's 21-12. So a four nothing quote unquote run, but certainly constitutes a get back feeling for the Bulls. Dulce with eight points and two boards. 21-14. Smith, good defense by Chinecki. Embry back into the game, as I said. Tries to drift through inside, and the Bulls are anticipating those entry passes. Rita this time. Asensio, all oh, fast break to Chinecki. That was awesome. Great find by Asensio and a timeout by the Mustangs. Eight in a row for the Bulls, looking much better. Finally open his pieces for three, and she knocks it down just like that. And that was all Carla Brito. Well, Sammy made the shot to knock the lead down to 23-19. But Brito faked the drive, drew the defense, and shuffled over the pieces who was sitting in that left corner. Bulls first made three. Just like that, it's a four-point game. As we near the midway point of the second quarter. Now down four, looking to run. Asensio sees, Puises keeps it herself. Fumbling and stumbling and putting it up off the glass and cutting it to two, Marina Asensio. They have cut this to two, courtesy of a 13 to two run. Asensio, nice pass to Puises, who has scored five quick ones. 
Felt like the Bulls had something going on, but now SMU wants to run the other direction. Oh, and missed layup by Emperor. That is a break. It should be back to a seven-point game. Boy, Reese's wants it and almost didn't get it. Almost got intercepted. Bounce to Brito. Oh, that was tough, and she scores. That was almost intercepted twice. First in the big pass to Puisis and then her bounce pass to Brito, but the Bulls are hitting their shots in this second quarter a lot from in close. Six for nine in the frame. And they're down 28-25. They put up 17 in this quarter. Still exactly three minutes to go. And they're putting up just eight in the first quarter. It's not been Dulcet. It's been everybody else. Smith to the basket. Could have called a foul. Didn't. They're missing some shots now. And they're getting some looks in the paint, I might add. Puisis up to Asensio. Almost fumbles it away. Wide open three to tie it. Good. Marina Asensio has given this team an amazing lift. Five points, two assists, and we are tied. As we near two minutes to go in the quarter, 28-27. I guess they're saying that was a long two by Asensio. Asensio top of the key with seven on the shot. You hear the crowd counting it down. Marina might have to take it herself. Dulcie's gonna have to go up strong. And one, she scores! Dulcie Fankenbenjiadu make it three assists for Asensio. The Bulls take the lead. You know what, Marina's played really well in practice and played really well in games the last three or four weeks. And so um, all her hard work is paying off. But Marina came in and pushed the tempo. I felt like we were kind of, um, like we were in sand or something. We were kind of stuck just moving and not sprinting back. And, and so she came in and really pushed the tempo and found people and knocked down a shot. So um, it's, it's really good to see her play well. Again, that was Yolisha Jackson. You could definitely tell that she's dealing with the same sniffles that I am, but that was important, and on this day, the Bulls only went truly too deep on their bench. They played eight players, but Maria Alvarez less than four minutes, and Asensio was the only bench scoring that was provided. Daniela Gonzalez did her thing, actually ended up with more minutes than the starting power forward Carla Brito, but did not score any points in her 22-plus minutes. So Marina Asensio was the only bench scoring for the Bulls on a day where Elena Chinecki was a little off her game, just 5 for 14 from the floor, but made all of her free throws. You heard some of those free throws. I included those. Definitely didn't hurt that they were much better from the floor. Nine of 14, their four scores all hitting two apiece, but also five of five at the line. That would continue quite valuably into the third quarter because, boy, she's fantastic already. But Jasmine Smith had a career day against the Bulls. And what concerns you about the third quarter is how SMU controlled it. They've done that a lot this year, and that was part of the reason why they were undefeated 13-0 when leading after three quarters. Well, they would outscore the Bulls by five, 21-16. But guess what happened right when Smith made her fourth basket of the period to make it a six-point lead? You guessed it. Free throws and Marina Asensio coming through. And Dulcie at the free throw line. Can't make them all, but they have so far today, 11 for 11. SMU, usually their free throw defense is a lot better. Opponent shooting less than 70%. Don't know what's going on today. Bulls are perfect. Sinks in both, 47, 43. They've had a couple games where they were comfortably in front, but couldn't put it away at the free throw line. This is just the opposite. They've never been comfortably in front today. They've been behind all day. And now Smith, a targeted pass, a sensor the other way. Bradley on her. It's going to be a tough drive to the hoop, and Marina scores. Had two Mustangs bearing down on her. But the ball outraces the ponies, and it's 47-45 SMU. 3-10 to go, third quarter. The two games I referenced, by the way, the near collapse at Houston, that's when the Bulls were 12 for 21 at the free throw line. And even though they had a 20-plus point lead, it really didn't affect them. They were just 9 of 16 recently at Tulsa. In their last couple games, they were exactly 9 for 13 at the line. So 16 for 16, 
was quite necessary in a two-point victory. Well, that was the setup. Bulls were down five entering the fourth quarter, and they could have been down seven. I tell you, SMU did miss some layups in this contest after Jasmine Smith, more on her in a second. She had a career day for SMU. Put them up five. They missed a layup on a fast break. So kind of a key sequence there. And then the Bulls eventually would take the lead with seven in a row. Luisa's is open for a second. Franco Mangiato's double team out to Asensio for the lead. Wide open for three. Good! Marina Asensio puts the Bulls ahead. 57-55. What a lift once again she has given this USF team. My microphone was basically closer to the bench. The ESPN Plus, by the way, their SMU crew did a great job calling this dramatic game. Their microphones were underneath the basket. You could actually hear Marina almost politely, the freshman asking the fifth-year player for the ball, just saying, Dulcie, she was open, and she drained the shot. But do we mention that Jasmine Smith had a good game? Their fifth-year guard was fantastic, and it looked like the Bulls were in trouble. Answered a five-point margin steering them coming into this quarter to tie the game. Smith off the inbound for three, knocks it down. Jasmine Smith gets the hoop as she has become the highest scorer this season for the Mustangs, 23 points. And they have gone to her out of every single baseline out-of-bounds play. Now Chinecki in rhythm, answers with a long two. Mustang's lead is back to 60 to 59. Bounces it to Wilkinson, mid-range jumper, looks good, but a little bit long. Puises gets the rebound, I'm telling you, she's really attacking the glass. Up to Chinecki, one on three, tries to spin around Smith, and she forces the walk. And it is 60 to 59. This is what they do. They will milk the clock when they've got a lead in the fourth quarter. It's part of, you know, why they never give up a fourth quarter lead, right? Now they double team Smith. It's a 3-2 zone, actually. Chinecki on Smith. She wants to pull for a long three. Looks good. It is. Jasmine Smith drains one from about 27 feet. She is feeling it like nobody the Bulls have played against this year. It is 63-59. Bulls need to find someone to answer, and they need to find it quick. Fortunately, those are the last points that SMU would score. With 4.07 to go, that's right. They did not make another shot. Nine misses straight. However, the Bulls turned it over on their next possession, so we got down to less than three minutes to go in the game, and the Bulls down four. Sammy Puisis earns a trip to the line where she, by the way, is a 91% free throw shooter and scores. Then on the next possession, three misses for SMU, and time for Dulcie Fankamengiadu to take over. Out to Puisis. Oh, almost open to Dulcie. Oh, Danny's in the corner. Oh, that's a flop. No call, and Dulcie scores. Love the swallowing of the whistle there. Savannah Wilkinson flung herself to the deck, and we are tied. That is a good no call by the refs in a critical situation where, frankly, a less veteran crew might have fallen for the falling. So when Jasmine Smith made that three for a 63-59 lead with 4.07 to go, it didn't look good. Good thing is SMU has missed its last six shots since then. Bulls inbounding it right in front of me. Going to their own basket with 106 to go in a tie game. Held by as many as five in this quarter. They want to bounce it inside of Dulcie. What a pass by Ariel Wilson, and the Bulls take the lead. Just coming through like a pro, like a clutch player that she is. Now that last bucket turned out to be the last points of the game, coming with 59 seconds left. So there were still a few things that happened. Here's how that went as the Bulls hang on. 50 seconds left, Bulls up 65-63. It's a team that hasn't lost at home all year. And his undefeated win leading after three like they were today. Smith bounces it to Wilkinson, that's her range. No good, Poises gets a rebound with 38 seconds left. 
Jose Fernandez says, hold up. Does SMU just play it out defensively here? So the Bulls with Chinecki to trigger, 12 on the shot clock, 21 on the game. And the Bulls lead it 65-63. Just need a two here. Dulce hands it off to Chinecki. She's going to take it herself. Remember, Smith likes to drive the charges. And a turnover for the Bulls. Chinecki. Bulls were down four with less than three minutes to go. They have run off the last five points. They have no timeouts, though, yet. So if SMU scores late, the dread of three. Just remember that. 16.4 seconds left. SMU has one timeout. Bulls up 65-63. Do they go for a quick two or hold for the last shot? I'd say they go for a quick one. They try with Embry. Drives on Dulce and blocked away. And it should be Bulls basketball. Puisas gets the rebound with 5.5 seconds left. They tried the quick two there. And Dulce Fank and Mangiadu. See, they tried to uh, get the foul call. And the one thing you didn't want to do there is foul a layup maker. And remember, that is only the third foul of the quarter on SMU. So the Bulls need to inbounds the ball here. They had this issue against Houston. Five and a half seconds left. Danny underneath their own basket. There are three players on the other team before a Bulls player. Can someone get to the ball? She throws it down right to SMU. They're going to have a chance at the horn to win it. And they block. It'll be no free throws. Danny Gonzalez was told to chuck the ball down the court, and it was right to Embry. She had time to hand it off to Smith. There was no shooting there. So with 2.8 seconds left, we'll have our last timeout. It is going to come down to a last shot. Boy, the inbounds passes and the inbounds plays in general have really swallowed up the Bulls this year. The Bulls are undefeated in the state of Texas. They won at TCU. That one got close at the end after the Bulls had a double-digit lead. They won at Texas. The Bulls had a double-digit lead there. Texas took the lead four different times at the end, but the Bulls answered every time. At Houston, the Bulls were up big. Houston cut it to two. Can they make it 4-0 in the state of Texas, holding on in this case? They've never had a big lead in this game. That's the difference. 2.8 seconds left. SMU far from its basket. You know what's going up here at the horn? Wilson gets her hands in. No foul. And the Bulls win. Jasmine Smith tried a quick three. Ariel Wilson got her hands. It was all ball. Great defensive play. And indeed, the Bulls hand the Mustangs their first L in the state of Texas. 65-63. to 63. Coach, what an effort. This team had never lost at home or win ahead after three quarters. What was the key to the victory here today? You know what? Good teams find a way to win. You know, we dug it out and found a way to win. You were going to Dulcie there at the end of the game. Uh, yeah. We went to her on the cross screen. You know, I thought we were really good on timeouts down the stretch. That was the difference. You did use two of them before the minute was up. Was that how important the possessions were at that time? Well, yeah, we wanted to make sure we got two good shots out of it. You sure did. Coach, again, Asensio comes in. You guys didn't turn it over in the second quarter. She was a big part of that Marina. Yeah, I mean, Marina played really, really well. I'm happy for her. And that was the pre-covered with Silly String Jose Fernandez as that post-game locker room celebration was captured just a couple minutes after that by the USF Women's Basketball Twitter page. Follow them at USFWBBB. By the way, shout out to Associate AD Lee Butler. Not only was he a big part of the manager-slash-assistant coach victory on Friday night over the SMU folks. Wish that game had been broadcasted. I should have done that. But he also helped clean up that mess as everyone from SMU was like, well, you guys have your act together. Yeah, they did. It was a thriller. We've had a couple of those this year, and the Bulls seem to win more than lose in that scenario. 22-4 and overall, 11-0 in conference. 
really good chance to have the league title wrapped up with three games to go, and it just so happens that that potential 13-0 situation would take place, well, on the schedule in Orlando next week. A couple quick stats of importance. I thought it was, of course, Dulce Fankamangiata leading the way with 21 points. That was substantial as she was the focal point of the important set. You just heard Jose talk about that. But also... Sammy Puises, who got locked up for the most part shooting threes, only hit two of them. The Bulls were just three for 16. However, 11 rebounds, career high, five assists, career high, and now is second on the team in rebounds in conference play, and that's not a small sample size, 10-0. They out-rebounded SMU, which in its 10-0 start at home had around a plus seven on its opponents in that category. It was 41-24 favor of the Bulls, and for just the third time this season, SMU got outscored in the paint. They were 18-2 in that category, so bravo to USF. And we can say the same for the track and field team. We told you they were headed to Boston for a pair of events hosted by Harvard and BU, and wow, did they shine. Starting off at Harvard against plenty of Ivy League schools, the likes of UConn, VCU, and other Massachusetts institutions as well, the Bulls started knocking down school mark Zaquan Wilkin, who is an NAIA transfer out of Indiana Tech, broke the school record in the 60 meters, put him third in the event. And by the way, he was the NAIA national champion in the 200 meters, but we're talking about his 60-meter performance, so nice job, young man. Romaine Beckford again wins the high jump for the third consecutive meet. Also, Kobe Babin's second highest pole vault in school history to claim second place in that competition. Arden LaRose on the ladies' side ran a 4.58 mile to win the race by 11 seconds. Naya Robinson, who was the AAC Field Athlete of the Week last week, wins the long jump once again, and Shaney Davila wins the 60-meter hurdles. You can read about all of the Bulls' quote-unquote point placers, meaning top eight in their events, on GoUSFBulls.com. Also a separate article on what they did Saturday. This was at the Scarlet and White Invitational. Again, this is indoors, hosted by... Boston University, so you had, again, a lot of Northeast schools, and the Bulls set five program records that all wrapped up with record-setting performances in the 4 by 4 The women's squad included Janaya Burton. She is the transfer from Louisville, but originally from Orlando. Janaya Benjamin, of course, our own from Alonzo High School. Donisha Anderson, a former Florida Gator, and in her third year with the Bulls, Zariah allers Labird. They were second in the event, but again, the time is a school record, and winning the event with a school record time of 312.7, the 4x4 quartet on the men's side of Shavoy Reed, a junior college transfer from Jamaica, Dante O'Banion, another transfer from Indiana Tech. That's in Fort Wayne, for those of you who didn't know, and of course you all knew that. Michael Bourne III, sophomore from Virginia, and a man who joined the Bulls last year, originally from Naples, went to Little Rock to start off his career. Elijah Wright, again, Reed, O'Banion, Bourne, Wright, your record holders, in the men's 4x4. Four four. Told you about Arden LaRose winning the mile on Friday. Well, she toned it down to the 1,000 meters, and yep, new program record for Arden. Two minutes and 51 seconds on the dot. Talked about Shavoy Reed. He also broke the school record in the 400 meters at 47.21. That record stood for a decade, as did the female 400-meter indoor record until Janaya Burton broke that on Saturday. Shania Benjamin's 200-meter performance is the top five in school history. And Roman Beckford got the day off from doing the high jump. And what do you know? A sophomore from Niceville, Kendall Mosley, won the event at Boston. 
you could say the USF track and field team broke school records in mass. Did you get that? If you heard Friday's show, you heard my chat with women's tennis coach Christina Moros. They were getting set to play FAMU, and we knew there was some rain coming, so they decided to move things up a couple hours to 10 a.m. Friday. That didn't really work because, well, the weather came even earlier on Friday. But once the rain cleared, the Bulls were able to secure a 7-0 victory. Smart move here. They went with singles first, just in case the weather was going to return and you didn't have time to finish singles. And the Bulls actually took the bonus point in doubles just at the end. On the single side, easy wins up and down, straight sets for the Bulls. The only tight match was at number three singles. Laura Pettisse stretched to a tiebreaker in her first set. Grace Schumacher was at number one. Sierra Berry moved up from three to two. And you love getting easy wins by your number five and six players, Kalina Walsh and Marguerite Timmermans combined just dropped five total games. Marta Falsetto won at number four singles. Bulls hit the road for their next five. They are one and one on the season. The men are on the road for a bit too. In fact, the women won't be home until last Sunday of February. But compared to the men's schedule, that is right around the corner. The men won't be home again until... March the 11th. That'll be six weeks plus between home matches. Remember, Gainesville last weekend, Murfreesboro, Tennessee for two this past weekend, and got to say, Middle Tennessee State showed why it's top 25, dominating the Bulls 7-0. Bulls did grab a doubles victory from their top team, the SEC transfers, Davide Tortora and Eric Avelius. And then at singles, only one set victory, and it was after the overall match had been decided. Alvin Todorica won a second set tiebreaker, and since the match was decided, they went right to a third set super tiebreaker, first to 10, and Todorica dropped that one 10-6. But still, like they did in Gainesville last weekend when they beat SMU after falling to the Gators, go up against a conference team with a chance to at least pull a victory, and it didn't happen. Mostly lopsided in favor of Memphis, one victory for the Bulls against Todorica, who took their only set against Middle Tennessee, actually got a win, 6-3-6-3. See if I can find out more on this, Tortora retired, I'm presuming due to injury, at the number one spot. That would be, if it's something serious, not a good situation because the Bulls kind of have a thin roster from a depth perspective as it is. They still have six more in a row on the road. They go to New York, Cornell, and Columbia this weekend. Then they actually have a weekend off before heading to Virginia and Texas A&M. And again, they will have gotten in another six matches, 10 in all away from home before they return home. They are 4-6 and six thus far in the season. And the spring season for golf is underway this week. Erica Brennan's ladies, who had a fantastic fall and are actually just outside the top 50 in the national rankings. So this, for the first time in quite some time, could be the year. We're talking about the Bulls making the NCAA tournament and not even having to win their conference tournament to do it. Are playing at the FAU Paradise Invitational. They teed off early on Monday morning at the Osprey Point Golf Club in Boca Raton. Not a bad day for golf, by the way. 14-team field, two top 50 squads. Again, the Bulls are just outside at number 68 right now. 19th-ranked Vanderbilt and 47th-ranked Nebraska are the two ranked foes. The Bulls' starting lineup included MG Melanie Green, Elise Vidal, transfer from Kennesaw State. She is going up against her former school, by the way, in this event. Emma Kim, Juliana Camargo, and Lauren Heinlein starting lineup for the Bulls. We'll tell you how they start off on tomorrow's Bulls Beat. And again, we'll return with plenty of softball and baseball interviews for the rest of the week. But that's going to wrap up the Monday show. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp.